You're listening to Why, a sermon series about some of Christianity's greatest questions. For more information about Elevate Church, please visit us online at www.elevatechurch.ms. So let's get to the message. We are continuing our series that we are titling Why? Why? And we're, we're really asking a, a, bunch of, a bunch of questions because the truth of the matter is uh, in our life, we all ask that question. We have moments happen where we want to know why. Um, and so like me, uh, there are a lot of things that have happened in my life and a lot of things that I just see in the world that make me want to ask, ask that question, why? Like how many of y'all remember that song, Yankee Doodle? Yankee Doodle went to town riding on a pony, stuck a feather in his hat, and he called it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to know why. Why would he call a feather macaroni? You know what I'm saying? I always wanted to know the answer to that. Something else that I've always wondered why is why isn't chocolate considered a vegetable, right? Because chocolate is made out of cocoa beans, and all beans are considered a vegetable. So why isn't chocolate a vegetable? It's a question I've always wondered. Something else that I've always wondered about is why, like on your cell phone, you know, when you look at those numbers, you know, why is the zero way after all the other numbers? Should it be before one? You know what I mean? Zero, one. I've always wanted to know why. And there are a lot of things that happen in our life and a lot of things that we see, again, that we just want to know why. Uh, And some of those things that we want to know why about really are trivial and they're less important. But the truth of the matter is there are also some times in our life where big things happen. Big things happen and when they happen to us, they change our life. They not only change our life, but they change the lives of people who are around us. Sometimes they are good things. Sometimes they are bad things. But when those things happen, we want to know why. See, I don't know what your why situation is right now in your life. And I don't know what your why situation was in your life, but I know for a fact that we've all had things happen in our life and we've wanted to ask that question, why? Why? And so in this series, we're looking at some of the big why questions, the big why questions. Last week, we talked about the question, uh, why don't I always feel God's presence? And it might not have been an a interesting service or a good service to you, but I was shocked. I was amazed, man. I mean, God straight up showed up. We, were, we, had, we talked about the fact that God is all around us, even when we can't sense him, even when we can't see him. And we had a radio, you know, right out here, and we were trying to tune in. And I figured we was going to get Y101, you know, Jackson's hit music station, or, or Miss 103, and have a little Garth Brooks. I was going to sing for y'all. I had it all planned out, you know what I mean? But instead, man, we tuned in, and we literally heard God. God's word, you know what I mean? We heard a preacher speaking and he was telling us Romans 5, 8, for it says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I mean, we literally, we tuned in and we heard from God. It was amazing. Uh, I was like, man, it's crazy. I was talking about it all week. And so today we're going to look at another uh, tough why question, another tough why question. That question is this, why didn't God answer my prayer? Why didn't God answer my prayer? See, if you've prayed a lot, or if you are a person of faith, chances are that there has been a moment in your life, a time in your life, where you asked God to do something, where you knew God could do what you were asking him to do. You knew God could do what you were asking him to do, but he didn't. And if you're like most people, when things like that happen, you know, it kind of shakes your faith and you begin to, you begin to wonder why God, especially if you're familiar with any scriptures in the Bible that deal with prayer, you know what I mean? Because one time Jesus said in John chapter 14, verses 13 through 14, here's what he said. He said, if you ask for anything in my name, I will do it. 
so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. I mean, you read verses like that, and you think, well, you know what? I, I asked for it in Jesus' name. I, I really knew that God could. I, I know that, that God spoke creation into existence. I, I know he can do what I'm asking. I've read other stories in the Bible where people prayed and, and God did amazing things. Joshua, one time in the Bible, man, he prayed and he asked God to make the sun stand still and it happened for an entire day. There are other people like Daniel in the Bible. Daniel is thrown into a lion's den. There are hungry, hungry lions in this den and he prays all night. And you know what? Those lions, they go on a diet. He prayed and, and God did what he was asking him to do. Jonah, we just did an entire series on, on the life of Jonah, on the book of Jonah. And in Jonah, man, he's in the belly of a whale, in the belly of a fish for three days and three nights. And when he's down there, he prays and what happens? What happens? God takes him to a safe place, has that whale, that fish, vomit him up onto dry ground. I mean, there are all sorts of stories in the Bible and stories out there where people prayed and God did incredible things. So why is it that sometimes we pray and there's nothing? There's nothing. Why didn't God answer my prayer? Come on, am I the only one who's ever, ever wondered, wondered that? Just a couple of us? I mean, maybe, maybe you're, you're, you're asking why today. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a job. And you've applied all over the place and you keep, you keep getting rejected. They keep hiring someone else and it's putting this financial strain on you and on your family. And you're wondering, why, God? Why? Maybe, maybe, maybe you prayed that your parents wouldn't get a divorce. You prayed that they would stay together, but instead it didn't happen. And they went through an ugly divorce that has affected your life even to this day. Maybe, maybe you prayed for someone you know to come to know Christ. And the harder you prayed for them, the further it seemed to push them away from Christ. It could be your child that you were praying for. It could be your spouse that you were praying for. It could be some other friend or family member. But you prayed that they would come to know Christ. And it just seems like the more you pray... The further and further down the destructive road they seem to go. And you wonder, why didn't God answer my prayer? Well, what I want to do today is give you four biblical possibilities as to why God might not have answered your prayer. And let me be clear, just like I was last week. I can't clearly and definitively answer this question for your unique situation. But what I do hope to do is, again, give you four biblical possibilities so that when things in your life happen, you can fall back on them. So if you're taking notes and you want to write this down, the first reason, biblical reason as to why God maybe didn't answer your prayer is because maybe you have a broken relationship. Maybe you have a relationship with someone in your life and that relationship is broken. Now, some of you hear me say that and you wonder what in the world does that have to do with prayer? Well, let me show you a couple verses that I think really really show us how our relationships with other people affect our relationship with God. In Mark chapter 11, verses 24 through 25, here's what Jesus says. He said, I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that, you, you're, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. So Jesus says you can pray for anything. Not some things, not a lot of things, not most things. He says you can pray for anything. Thing. And if you believe, it's, it's yours. Look at your neighbor, though, and say, but. But. Yeah, don't call him a but. Just look at him and say, but. But. Jesus says, but, in verse 25. But when you're praying, 
first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against. Now let me stop. Because I want you to understand what Jesus is really saying there. He's saying if you've got a damaged relationship, if you've got a broken relationship, if someone has done something to you and you've not let it go, if you're holding a grudge with someone, forgive them. Forgive them, watch, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Man, those are some odd verses. There are, I mean, I think they really are. Jesus, at one point, he's talking about prayer. And then all of a sudden, he kind of like changes changes or switches gears and he's like look when you're praying to me when you're praying to me if you realize that you're holding a grudge against someone else you need to go and take care of that before you continue to pray to me it seems it seems out of place but the truth is that's not just some isolated bible verse that really shows that there are all sorts of other bible verses that do that and, and there, here's another verse that scares me to death it's first john chapter 4 verse 20 the Bible says this, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. See, I don't know about you, and you might not want to be honest, but I'm going to be honest with you. There have been times in my life where I have hated people where I have hated the things that they have done to me, where I've hated the things that they've said about me, where I've hated the problems that they have caused me in my life. Has anybody else been there? Is it just me? Pray for me. I'm praying for all of us, right? We've been there. We've been there. And that Bible verse says you cannot stand up and say, oh, I love God. He's so good. I love God with all my heart. But I hate that person over there. I hate that pathetic person. Man, I hate that person for all they did to me. But I love God. You can't do that. You cannot do that. The Bible says if you do that, you are a liar. Again, God's word tells us that the relationships we have with other people affect our relationship that we have with him. And something else that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verses 25, uh, 23 through 24, say this. Jesus says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you. In other words... If you're trying to worship God, you're trying to pray, you're trying to give something to God, and you remember, hey, you know what? I'm kind of mad at somebody. I'm mad at somebody for something that they did to me. Look what Jesus says in verse 24. He says, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Jesus says, go first and make that right before you try to come to me. Why? Because, again, our relationships with others, they affect the relationship that we have with God. Think about this. How many of you got kids today? You ought to know, but you got kids, right? You really, and aren't kids a blessing? Sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes they really are. But I got two little girls. I got two little girls. I got a boy we just found out on the way. Y'all pray for us. Our house is about to change. And I got three dogs and two hamsters. Pray for me. All right, so anyway. But, I mean, I got, I got kids, and, and sometimes, sometimes my little girls, man, they fight. Anybody else, your kids, you know, they fight. Man, sometimes they do. And so we'll be like in the truck or in the car, and my kids will say, hey, Daddy, can we go get some ice cream? Because I'm a good daddy, and I like ice cream. I'll say, sure, we can. We can go get some ice cream. And so we start to go to get ice cream. And you know what tends to happen? My kids, they start to fight in the car. 
Anybody else, you know what I'm talking about? Your kids, they start to fight in the car. And I'm sitting here saying, we're not going to go get ice cream as long as you guys are fighting. You know, anybody ever, you say something like that. And so they end up saying stuff like this. Well, sissy's looking at me. Sissy's being mean to me. They're, they, she, she threw something at me. And so you start making threats. You know what I mean? If you don't stop fighting, I'm going to turn this car around. Just me, a couple of us being honest. Yeah, yeah. And so when that doesn't work, what do you do? You start to swat, right? You <laughs> You don't even care who you're hitting. You know what I mean? You're getting somebody. You're going to get got. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to hit you. You know what I mean? But you're, you're swinging. You're swinging. You're like, we're not going to go get ice cream as long as you two are fighting. Right? Right? Anybody you ever say something like that? Why would I be like that? Because as a father, I care about how my kids treat one another. You see where I'm going with this? Our Heavenly Father is the same way. He cares about how we treat one another. The scripture's pretty clear that our relationships matter to God. You say, but Robert, those verses that we looked at don't, don't really clearly say that if we've got a broken relationship with somebody, that God's not going to hinder, that God's not going not to answer our prayers. And maybe you can say that, maybe. But here's a verse that you're not going to be able to argue with. And husbands, you're not going to like it. Husbands, you're not going to like it. Here's what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Check this out. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be, the weaker, she may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. What is that? What? Treat her as... You should, so your prayers won't be hindered. God, why can't I get a job? Why can't things work out? Maybe it's because you've got a broken relationship in your life that needs to be fixed. So that's the first biblical possibility. Second thing is if you take a note, you want to write it down. What's another biblical possibility why God might not answer our prayer? I'm glad you asked. Maybe it's because you pray with the wrong motives. You pray with the wrong motives motives. Check out James chapter 4 verse 3. The Bible says, when you ask, you do not receive because you asked with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Do y'all remember last year when the Powerball, the lottery was at 1.6 billion dollars? Anybody remember that? Now I'm going to ask y'all to be honest. How many of y'all know somebody who bought a ticket? I ain't asking if you got one, but you know somebody who got one, right? You know 1.6 billion. I can't even comprehend how much money that is. $1.6 billion. Well, you know when it got that high, you know what was happening? There were lines of people. Anybody, you, you, again, I ain't asking if you got a ticket, but y'all saw the lines, right, that people were trying to get a ticket. They were lined up. And you know what some of those people who were lined up to get a chance to win $1.6 billion was doing? Do you know what they were doing? They were praying. God, please help me win this money. God, if I win $1.6 billion, I'm going to give 10% to you. And you know what else was happening? While one person was praying that prayer, somebody else was praying, well, God, if you'll just let me win that lottery, I'm going to give 20% to the church. And you know what else was happening? While that person was praying 10%, while this person was praying 20%, somebody else was praying, God, if you just help me win that lottery, I'm going to give 50%. To you, God, imagine all the good I can do with this money. And the truth is, some of the people who were praying those prayers hadn't prayed to God about anything in years except winning the lottery. And God was saying to those people, 
you're praying with the wrong motives. You're praying with the wrong motives. The Pharisees, they did this type of thing all the time. The Pharisees, they would stand on a street corner and they would say, hey, watch this. Watch me pray. Watch me pray. And they would say these loud prayers, these long prayers, these fancy prayers. And people would look at them and say, wow, look how spiritual that person is. Man, I wish I was just like them. They're so amazing. The Pharisees, they really would pray just to get the praise of people and not pray with a genuine heart for the things of God. And maybe you've done something similar. Maybe you haven't prayed so that you can get the the praise of people, but maybe you still pray with the wrong motives. Maybe you're praying just to get something from God instead of trying to draw closer to God, right? Maybe instead of praying to draw closer to God, you're praying just to get something from God. God, send me a girlfriend because that's the only thing that's going to make me happy. Ladies might say, God, send me a man. That's the only thing that's going to make me happy. Give me this job. Give me this car. Give me, give me this, God. This is the only thing that's going to make me happy. And God's saying, but wait, don't I make you happy? Haven't you seen that, that I'm really the only person, the only one who can satisfy the deep longing of your heart? Haven't you realized that I am enough? God is thinking, you are asking me to give you something that's ultimately going to draw you further away from me. See, I'm not saying that you can't pray about any of those things. I'm not saying that at all. And, and when you're praying for those things, you might have the purest of motives. You might think you have the purest of motives. But I want you to see what Proverbs 16 verse 2 says. It says, all a person's ways seem pure to them. But motives are weighed by the Lord. Motives are weighed by the Lord. See, sometimes we don't even realize what our motives are. We don't, but God does. Because God knows all things. Nothing is hidden from him. He weighs our motives. So why didn't God answer my prayer? Well, maybe it's because you've got a broken relationship. Maybe it's because you're praying with the wrong motives. And the third reason, possible biblical reason, as to why God might not have answered your prayer is this, because maybe you just don't believe God will do it. Because you just don't believe God will do it. And I want to be, I want to be real careful with this one. I want to be real careful with this one, uh, but, but here's, here's the thing. In Mark chapter 9, there's a story uh, about a dad who's got a son. And this son that he has is, is demon-possessed. The, the son hasn't been diagnosed with ADD, ADHD, or BAD. He is literally demon-possessed. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the trauma? That that, can you imagine what that father is feeling to look at his son and to see his son struggling with an actual demon possession? Can you, can you imagine that? And so the father, man, he's trying everything he can to help his son out. And so he says, you know what, I'm going to go out and ask Jesus for help. But I want you to look and see how he approaches Jesus in Mark chapter 9, verse 22. The Bible says this. This man goes to Jesus. He says, it has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. Can you, again, can you imagine this? This is your son. This is your child. Something comes over him or her, and it tries to kill him. 
And so he looks at Jesus and says, but, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help. Do you see what the man said? He looks at Jesus, the, the creator of everything. And he says, Jesus, if you can help. If you can help. And, and I don't know if Jesus is kind of kind of put off by it, but, but look at how he responds in verse 23. Jesus looks at him and says, if you can, if you can, and he says, everything is possible for the one who believes. Everything is possible for the one who believes. See, see you got you to gotta believe. Your faith matters to God. Your faith matters when you're praying. It really does. Over and over and over again, the scriptures teach us that it was done to them according to their faith. Hebrews tells us it is impossible to please God without faith. Scripture tells us again that you can, you can have faith, a little faith, and say to this mountain over there to move and it will be moved. Everything is possible to the one who believes your faith matters, my faith matters, our faith matters. The challenge is that some people who call themselves Christians, when they pray, they don't believe that God's going to do anything. That's why more Christians don't pray more often. Think about that. If God only did what you and I prayed for, if that's all he did, what would be happening in this world? See, we don't, we don't always go to prayer. And then think about some of the things that Christians say about prayer. They'll have somebody in their family who is sick, someone who is struggling, and they'll, they'll, look, at that, they'll look at that whole situation and say, hey, look, it's bad. It's bad. We, we have tried everything we know to do. So I guess we're just going to pray. What? Like, like for so many people, prayer really is the last resort, and it shouldn't be that way. Prayer should be the first thing that you and I do when we're struggling with something, when something is happening. We should go to God in prayer. We can cast all our cares upon God because he cares for us. We need to pray. Now, please listen to me. Listen to me. There's, there's something in the Christian world where, where we kind of teach this word faith thing where if you just say something in God's name and you believe hard enough that it's going to happen. For example, if you're a single guy and you're really praying that God would give you a girlfriend, you say, hey, you, you just name this girl. You say, God, I, I want that girl to be mine. And, and, and so people think automatically, well, because you said it, that it's automatically going to happen. Even if that guy's living in the basement of his mom and dad's house, doesn't have a job, doesn't have a car, but you know, they believe since I said it, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. People think if I just pray and I have enough faith that God's got to do it. But let me remind you, God's not some sort of cosmic sugar daddy. He ain't. God doesn't exist to serve us. We exist to serve him. Okay. We, we exist to serve God, not the other way around. And just because you have all this faith doesn't mean that God has to do what you are asking. But at the same time, I want you to understand that your faith matters. I know that that's very confusing. I wish I could help you understand it a little bit better, but it's just like that. See, maybe though, maybe the reason why God didn't answer your prayer though is because you were kind of half-hearted when you prayed. 
The Bible, again, addresses this. In James chapter 1, verses 6 through 7, the Bible says, But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. If you don't believe, you don't receive. If you don't believe, you shouldn't expect to receive. So why? Why didn't God answer my prayer? Well, maybe it's because you got a broken relationship. Maybe. Maybe it's, it's because you were praying with the wrong motives. Or maybe, maybe it's because you just really didn't believe God was going to do what you were asking him to. You say, well, Robert, uh, when I was praying for this particular situation in my life, I, 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 w- I really was believing. And I really think I was praying with the right motives. And, and, and I really don't think at that time that I had a broken relationship. So why? Why didn't God answer my prayer then? And so the fourth possible reason why God doesn't always answer our prayer is because maybe God has something different in mind. Maybe God has something different planned. Now I'm going to ask you a, a series of questions, and uh, I know that you know the answers to them because you guys are all smart. Well, let me ask you a couple questions. I need some participation. All right, y'all don't be mad at me. Just ask a couple questions. Who is the president of the United States? Donald Trump. Donald Trump, right? It, it doesn't matter if you like it or not. That's who the president of the United States is, right? What about this? Who were the 2016 Egg Bowl champions, once again proving that they are the far more superior football team in the state of Mississippi? Mississippi State, that's right. It don't matter if you don't like it. You can hashtag not your Egg Bowl champs. It don't matter. Mississippi State won. That's who it, what about this? What about this? Who is God? Is it you? Is it me? Who is God? God is God. God is God. And because of that, we've got to understand that his will matters far above our own will. It really does. Even though sometimes we think we know what's best, even though we think sometimes that we're asking for the right thing, God's will matters far more than our own. And we shouldn't place confidence in our will. We should place our confidence in God's will. In 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 through 15, here's what the Bible says. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears. And if he, we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we will have what we have asked of him. That verse, to me, is amazing. Because what it shows me is that when we ask anything that's in his will, when we ask anything that's in his will, he will give it to us. And we, we also have confidence to know that God loves us so much and God cares for us so much that he's not going to give us something that is not within his will. And so even though sometimes we think we know what's best, even though sometimes we, we think we know what should happen, we've got to know that God loves us enough to give us his will. And sometimes that means that he's going to do something different than what we are asking. In the New Testament, you can read about a guy by the name of Paul. He is the apostle 
Paul. And you know, if you know anything about him, you know that he wrote basically two-thirds of the New Testament. This was a guy who had been imprisoned more times than he could count for God. This was a fellow who had suffered for God. He was beaten with rods five times. He received 40 lashes minus one from the Jews. Paul faithfully served God. If there was someone you would think that God ought to answer his prayer, you'd think it was Paul. You really would, or at least I do. But Paul talks to us about something that he refers to as a thorn in his flesh. We don't exactly know what it was. We don't exactly know really, really what was going on in his life. Some people try to speculate, but he calls it a thorn. Look at what, the great, look at what this great man of faith says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 and 9. It says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Do you, do you see what's happening there? Paul is begging God. He's praying to God. God, take this thorn away. God, do something in my life. Do something with this situation, with this circumstance. God, do it. But God didn't do it. And watch what happens. But God says to him, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul's got this thorn in his life. That, that wasn't his plan. It wasn't something that Paul would have chosen for his life. It wasn't, it wasn't something that he wanted. And so he asked God to take it away, but God did something different. And he just looks at Paul and he says, my grace is sufficient for you. God, again, didn't do what Paul was asking him to do. And the same thing happens for us. There again are times where we'll ask God to do things, things that we thought God ought to do, things that we know that God can do, things that we just know God should do, but he doesn't always do that. I know in my own life, I've, I've prayed a lot of prayers, asking for God to do certain things, but instead of doing what I'm asking him to do, in fact, he does something different. Have you ever been there? God does something different. That's why, again, it's important for us to remind ourselves that God is God, and his will, again, matters far above our own will. See, I'm wrapping up. I'm almost done. But I want you to, I want you to understand, any time I pray, any time I pray and something doesn't go the way that I want it to, or there is a, a big prayer need, that I have. I, I try to remind myself of a story that's found in the book of Daniel. And so what I really hope is that anytime you've got a need, that you'll, you'll remember this story. See, it's a story about three teenage boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, and so they, they really have to take a stand against this evil king named King Nebuchadnezzar. And so King Nebuchadnezzar, he builds this statue and he tells them, look, if you don't renounce your God and you don't bow your knee and worship this God, if you don't worship this false God, I'm going to throw you in a fiery furnace. I mean, can we just admit that, that that's pretty serious? Like that's a serious problem that these teenage boys have. They're, they're facing death, not an ingrown toenail, not like the need for a, a girlfriend. These are serious issues they're facing. And here's what 
they said in Daniel chapter 3 in response to what the king says. Daniel chapter 3, verse 17, they say, If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. You see, you see what they say right there? You see that? The boys say, God is able to do what we're asking. He will do it. He is able. He will do it. He is able. He will do it. And then they say in verse 18, but even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. See, I, I want you to know exactly what I believe about prayer because it's the same thing that each and every one of us really should believe about prayer. And when I pray, I believe that God can. I believe that all things are possible with God. We just sang about that. Nothing is impossible with God. I believe God can. I believe God will. I believe that God seeks to bless his children. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless me. We serve a good God who loves his children. I believe he can. I believe he will. I believe he can. I believe he will. But even if he doesn't do what I'm asking him to do, I'm still going to believe. That's why when you've got a need in your life that you want to pray about, you can take it to God because God can do over and above anything that you ask for or think. He's a good God, again, who loves to bless. So I believe he can. I believe he will. Don't stop believing. Keep praying. Keep seeking. Keep asking because God loves us. But even if he doesn't, I still believe. I still believe. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know where you're at in your spiritual walk. But I wonder today if there's somebody here who's hurt. Man, you asked for something a day ago, a week ago, a month ago, years ago. And God didn't do what you asked him to. So you've been so disappointed. You've been mad at God. You've been living for yourself and not for him. Well, I want you to know today that the reason why God has you here is so that you can trust him today. To trust that even though he might not have done what you asked him to do, He's got far greater things planned for you if you'll just trust him. And so if you're here today and you know that's you, you want to trust God with your life. You want to trust God with your heart. You want to be saved today. You know that's why you're here. If that's you right where you are, I'm going to ask that you lift your hand because I want to pray for you. Amen. 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 You want to be saved today. It's time to trust him. It's time to trust him. If that's you right where you are, I'm going to ask that you pray this prayer. Father, today, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for running from you. Forgive me 
for not trusting you. Today, Father, I come to you broken. And I ask, Father, that you would heal me, that you would restore me, that you would make me into the person that you want me to be. I confess you as Lord. I confess you as God. And I understand today that your will is far more important than my own. Empower me with your Holy Spirit to live the life you've called me to. Thank you for saving me. Father, I also want to pray for each and every person in this room because I know sometimes we get disappointed when things don't go our way. Father, sometimes we, we hold grudges against you. Sometimes we think that we know what's best. But Father, today, help each and every one of us to submit to your will. Help us submit to you. Help us to show that we've taken up our cross daily and that we're following you. I pray all this in the precious name of Jesus. We'd like to thank you for listening and encourage you to visit our website at www.elevatechurch.ms so you can learn more about being blessed and blessing others at Elevate Church.